Yeah, I mean, so the first thing is you need to set crystal clear expectations of your clients, what they get, because they can also go to these platforms and just post their job there instead of in front of you and then hire these people directly. So there is no value because these people, freelancers, global talent are accessible directly. Hello out there and welcome to our weekly RCCO Q&A session here at the Virtual Frontier. This week we are going to discover what is behind the drop servicing business model and how you can use it the best way. Questions that might arise around these topics and that we are going to talk about are why should you consider the drop servicing business model in the first place? How quality is assured in this process? What are the differences between the drop servicing business model and outsourcing? And of course, also let's get to the possible benefits. See you in just a flash on the other side. Welcome to a new session here at the Virtual Frontier, our Q&A session. Um, our topic for today is a drop servicing um, business model. Um, can you explain first for our audience what this uh, topic or this term means on, on a high level and then we dive into the uh, specifics? Yeah, I think this is not new. It's um, just renamed. And I think the old name is body leasing, right? You attract the client, you promise them to do something for them. And without providing any support, any processes, any quality assurance, any strategy, any conception, you just take the order and drop it to another person that should then deliver it. Right? It's really, yeah, it's a very, I find it's a dumb business model. And it's just like, Either you have pre-vetted talent where you know they deliver, but the drop servicing says, okay, you first win your client and then you go to a freelancer marketplace and you just hire a random freelancer and let them do the work. And there is just hope involved. There is no quality assurance, nothing. So I think this can be, if you have a lot of luck, like if you are really good in playing the lottery, it can be highly profitable, of course. But I think most people will just leave a lot of frustrated clients and a stressed business owner after doing that. So what would be the alternative um, or uh, yeah, what would be an alternative approach to just like dropping the service uh, as, uh, as it is? Or what, what would be a drop servicing uh, 2.0? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so the first thing is, you need to set crystal clear expectations of your clients, what they get, because they can also go to these platforms and just post their job there instead of in front of you and then hire these people directly. So there is no value because these people, freelancers, global talent are accessible directly. And I think if you just hire, look, if you create one job post and the job post just says it's an easy task, it's um, build a website on WordPress. If you hire 100 web developers, you get 100 different websites, right? But the question is, which one is really the one you want? And if you just hire one freelancer, then the result is pure coincidence because you don't have any quality assurance, no well, no well-set expectations, nothing. So a better way to do this is to really exactly, clearly define the outcome you want. And just having a website, I mean, there are millions of websites. Which one do you want? 
And you can either say, okay, I want a website that is optimized for conversions. Okay, that's even better. Or you want a website optimized for conversions using WordPress. Even better, right? And then you can specify that a little bit more. And then when you know what your client ordered, because you defined it well, then you build a step-by-step process to get there. And I don't mean that you need to say, okay, please now click here and install WordPress and do this and that. I don't mean that. I mean, basically the bigger milestones, the deliverables. So the first thing typically is a concept, right? You write the content and then you set up the website in WordPress and then you move the content to the WordPress website and then you install tracking and then what else you need. You integrate it with your CRM system, whatever you need. Right. If this is defined, it's, it's a much better thing than just hiring a person and then praying to God that this person will deliver and the client will like it. You implement a so-called digital leadership system that walks them through the steps they need to process in order to deliver the services your client wants. That's it. Basically, it's a productized offer and that sets the expectations well for your clients and also for the person that needs to deliver it. If I engage in this um, kind of business model, how I can make really sure, and, and you just mentioned about the requirements, that the deliverables and the, the service that is delivered um, are really high and I'm not losing um, my client or customer um, because of lack of quality or things that are missing. I mean, how do you ensure quality by installing a quality assurance system, right? <laughs> and how you do we that is We have an episode by... on that. <laughs> yes, we have an episode on that. So first thing is you need to know the outcome. What should be the thing that you create for your client? Okay, we say it's a website in WordPress or, a, or it's a Google ad campaign or it's a Facebook campaign or whatever it is. You need to know the output. What is the result, the direct result of you doing the work or the hired person doing the work? And then you build a quality standard, right? And the quality standard says, okay, which deliverables do we create? And maybe you have examples how to do it well and how to not do it, right? This already sets the expectation for the person doing it, how you want it and how you don't want it. And then you should have different review checkpoints like every week or every day, even if it's a complex thing. There are processes like Kanban or Scrum that help you track deliverables that help you track the work, not control the person, but track the results of the work. And they also review the work based on what they submitted, not just what they tell you. You look at the board, you look at the work progress, you look at the deliverables, they present the deliverables to you. If you work like this in a result-focused culture or leadership system, I think you set the odds high that the results you get are good. And now the question is, will the client be happy with that? And typically that's controlled by you offering your service. So you set the expectation at your client. And this is done if you are very specific about what they get and how they get it. So what they get, the result, and how they get it, the process and their involvement. And when you have all that, I think you have a high quality service with a high chance for success. Yeah. And you and you can delegate it. That that's the most important thing, right? If you have nothing, you cannot delegate it. I, I think that dips already a little bit into my next question. Um, what is uh, probably the difference between like drop servicing, uh, working with freelancers, and uh, just outsourcing um, stuff and work? Mm, so outsourcing stuff, I think, is yeah. You you have different levels of outsourcing. You can just 
take a bunch of work and throw it at another uh, another vendor and hope they get the work done. You can see how that ends if you Google my name and search for my TEDx talk, because then you see how that crashed my business. Mm -hmm. um, this won't work. But if you have a proper delegation system, a proper leadership system, you have like your process well-defined, you have a proper onboarding for people, you have the roles clearly defined, so what you expect from them. And you have, you have basically, yeah, you have, you have more than just work and you need people that somehow do the work, right? You have a system, a leadership system. Then you can delegate either specific deliverables or the ownership of an entire role in a team to literally anyone in the world, right? And if you have a systemized onboarding that sets clear expectations for the person working in this role and also what they should do and how they should do it, which tools they should use in your business, then you have a system that is made to delegate and will get you reliable results even from strangers, even from people you never worked with before. Um, another uh, really important uh, point is, I guess, uh, the expertise and knowledge, um, let's say, at your fingertip, um, where you don't have to look for, for talent uh, months or even years uh, to get them onboarded. Can uh, you tell a little bit about that um, opportunity cost that uh, you get back? Yeah, I mean, typically in, in businesses that are growing and that are service businesses, they have more work, more projects than they have talent available. And what happens then is that the team gets stressed out because they have to do more work in a shorter period of time. And then also work gets more complex and they don't just need to do the work. They also need to learn new skills. And that stretches them big time. And the opportunity cost is that these people will leave. And then you need to hire additional people, new people, which takes you like, if you have a good HR team, two months. If you don't have that, six to nine months. And your client is waiting until they get a result or you hire a junior person because you just need someone doing the work and then the result is of low quality which makes your client get the result but of low quality so they are disappointed again and i think th this is this is the opportunity cost of not having the right skills at the right time when you need them and most businesses are not able to have the right skills at the right time when they need them because they don't have an onboarding system. They don't even know the exact roles and the skills that people need when they should work in the role. They don't have a leadership system. They just have a bunch of people. They throw them like before Corona, they have thrown them in one room, which is called their office. And through constant communication, somehow they got the work done and figured that out. But if you want to hire global people like on demand and onboard them fast, you need more structure. You need onboarding structure. You need to have KPIs to measure results and get transparency over progress. You need to have different roles that take full ownership over their roles instead of just people like being in a room trying desperately to get all the work done. So, yeah. And then you can make the entire world your talent pool, which is a big opportunity as everyone is still trying to limit themselves with 100 kilometers around the office by recruiting only locally. Mm -hmm. Mm. Let's talk about the the power of um, working with uh, freelancers and um, this uh, service personalization. So where you can like really deliver to your customer a, a personalized service that is up to date uh, in a, in a really quick time. What what 
um, have you maybe learned uh, by yourself on networking with freelancers? Um, just talking about the, the difference on the speed and uh, time um, saved and also on the cost side. Yeah, I mean, the best experience was really in the beginning when I, I had to migrate 8,000 web pages in four days, right? Because I failed with my local team, I failed with local um, agency partners, I failed with offshoring, I failed with nearshoring, and uh, then all of a sudden, a deadline of three and a half months became a deadline of four days. And migrating mm. 8,000 web pages in four days is a big challenge, as you can imagine. So, and I was able with a proper, with a proper automated onboarding flow that contains education, like videos that trains these people. And an assessment that helped me get a team of 23 freelancers in a single day. And they migrated all these pages in four days and that saved my business. Like this, what you see in the TEDx talk. And then I did this for other projects and I did it for complex projects because migrating content is not complex. It's linear. It's like you don't need the team to collaborate a lot together. It's just like take the content from here, put it there. And then assign the task to someone else who reviews that. That's a four-step process, easy. But when you develop software, you also have a process which is typically Scrum. But it's a lot more complex as there are a lot more components involved. And there is a lot more to do and especially friction in communication from requirements to code is delivered and shipped and works on the live side. So you need different structures when it comes to, to complex projects. And that requires like systems and automation and structure that helps people reduce this complexity so they can stay focused on their work, things they really can do instead of messing around and struggling with all the organizational stuff and communication everywhere. And yeah, the typical meeting marathon because there is no clarity. Yeah, that's a mess. So I think there is a lot of opportunity to speed things up if you have the structure. Talking about uh, reducing complexity, um, why uh, is it also like really helpful if you have like large projects with a lot of unrelated tasks or maybe different uh, different expertise are are, are in need? Um, so how can uh, working with uh, freelancers help you there uh, to really get this um, yeah things all together and and deliver a, a final product or service to your client? I mean, if you have yeah, if you have. Um a project or a service doesn't matter what it is but that is complex where different tools and technologies are involved for example if you start running if you want to build a funnel or if you want to start developing a software there are so many components you cannot learn that all at once it either takes a lot of time how to set up your tracking how to even set up your facebook account how to write proper ad copy how to set up your ads, how to structure your campaigns, and, and, and. It's really a lot. And either you learn that all yourself by trying and error, or you just like, you see a problem. Okay, the problem is, I don't know how to set up tracking in Google Analytics or Tech Manager. Okay, so once you know the problem, the solution is easy. You just find a person that has this experience and did it, and you hire this person to set up your tracking. It's a gig. It's just a job. And you can get that fast, like in three days. I had a good experience yesterday because I want to build um, like a full structured, systemized system to build funnels with freelancers. And I'm currently building the leadership system that helps 
experts write funnel content, funnel copy in a way that it converts and it's completely aligned with the entire system, even if they don't know the entire system. So I've put a job on our HR team to find me three copywriters and I gave them a very clearly defined task to write copy based on the framework I created. And I never even talked to them, but I hired them like after, I don't know, four, four or five hours. And I got a result today. But this only worked because I had the structure I described with videos and templates how I want them to work. And they knew exactly what they should do. They asked me some questions back, which is typically a good sign. And then we just give it a try. And the results are really awesome. Awesome. Hmm. When we have like this um, big projects and uh, there are a lot of uh, unknowns uh, during the course, um, well, how can um, working with freelancers uh, in this case uh, help you to solve bottlenecks without like overspending? And maybe w why, why there's so much overspending in, in many projects when, when those bottlenecks uh, appear? Yeah, because people try and try and try to figure it out themselves. And that takes days while a freelancer with a specific skill set that you can hire tomorrow can solve it the day after tomorrow. So you get it faster. You don't have to freak out and learn everything yourself, which takes a lot of time and costs a lot of money, but you can get the solution faster and cheaper. And um, maybe my last question for, for this conversation is um, like how um, working in this uh, manner um, can really Uh, unleash uh, your your ability to scale your business um, or your services uh, in in uh, in a broader um, aspect. I think that talent is the biggest success factor for a growing business, and the staff shortages and the war of talent, where like organizations compete globally for the best talent, especially when it comes to technical skills is a big limitation for growing further and having the right skills at the right time. Per definition, it solves the problem of staff shortages. So when you solve that, you have a huge competitive advantage because your competitors, they still like complain all day that they can't find the right talent while you have access to the skills and you get your work done, right? And you can iterate faster and you can test faster because you have people that have the skills to help you test faster, even if you don't have them in-house in your own team. So that's a huge advantage. Yeah. Anything you would like to add what I have might missed? Yeah. Then I think the next step is when you are really, when you really defined your roles clearly and you have a really structured delivery process, then you can plug in experts from everywhere in the world so they can apply their skills and get the work done. And in the next step, which will be there, I think it's even there today, but it will be more common in the next years. You can even plug in AI tools that then do the work. It's already there if you have like copywriting tools such as Jarvis, conversion AI, etc. And you feed them with structured data and what you want. So which type of copy you want, they create you copy and this copy is an awesome draft. So people just need to refine it instead of writing it from scratch. Mm. So you have a skill that is provided by a tool, not by a human being. And this will help you scale like to the moon because you have skills on demand at a low price. But either this technology eats up your business if you are not 
able to work with this technology and use it correctly, or you use it and benefit from it if you have the structures and you can take advantage of this technology. I think that's a big, big opportunity in the future or even now. Definitely, definitely. Manu, thank you very much for, for your time and your insights. Um, as always, see you next week on our next session. Yeah, see you next week. It was great to talk to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you found this session helpful. Head back to our in-app blog article on why drop servicing business model is exactly what you're looking for. Did we miss something in this conversation? How can we do better so you'll get more value out of our content? Let us know in the comments and reviews below how you get the balance right between delivering projects and work on time with quality, but without overspending. We love to read and respond to your comments. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button, give a thumb up and share the session around with your friends and colleagues so they can take advantage of this content too. Sign up for the free business builder training on flashup.io and learn more about how to scale with your business at any time. Work with global top talents and make work better. On behalf of the team here at the Virtual Frontier, I want to thank you for listening. And as always, remember, keep exploring new frontiers.